Hello and welcome to Sared's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Sared. Thanks for tuning in. In this episode, we'll be continuing with Chapter 3 of November's Secret by Lana Berry, a Yuri on Ice fan fiction. If you've missed any episodes or just want a refresher, please follow the links in the description below. There you should find links to past episodes and chapters. Also, just a reminder, the entirety of this fic will be made available to download as a single complete audiobook upon the fic's completion. It and other complete works can be found on my website at www.sairdsaudiofanfics.com. Right, let's get to it. Happy listening! Chapter 3 Worldwide Yuri wasn't sure when it was that he became the center of attention. He supposed it was after he won the Junior Grand Prix final. There was an eruption of media attention, cameras flashing in his face, journalists demanding interviews, other skaters trying to get close so that they could learn more about him, the internet going wild with theories on just who he was. It was quickly found out that his name was a persona. The world searched for him. But there was nothing to tie Yuri Katsuki to the man that the world saw. The only tie they had was that he was Japanese. And before Yuri knew it, he was one of the most spoken about ice skaters, just under Viktor Nikivarov himself, the man that Yuri had still been unable to see. It came close, once or twice, during skating events. But there were so many people, so many cameras, and Yuri found that his persona didn't quite stretch that far yet. He was still nervous to speak to his idol, with or without the mask. His admiration for the man had grown and grown over the years, with each performance he gave, settling something deep inside Yuri's chest. He would watch with bated breath and wonder, again and again, how the man could be so vulnerable yet still so sure of himself. Yuri had gotten better at being Ren. There were only so many years that he could put off an interview before the media began to throw rumors around as to why he was avoiding it. At the advice of his tutor, he sat down with one, a trusted woman for a small magazine. He remembered her face when he had accepted. He saw the fear in her eyes when she asked a question knowing that she was not one of the biggest reporters, hardly anyone in the eyes of the skaters. But she tried. Her fear of failure was what drew Yuri to her, and he accepted her interview. He remembers how wide her eyes were blown as she stood among the other reporters, almost not believing that he had chosen her out of all of them. They found a small, quiet room in the arena, and Yuri sat down for his first public interview. She asked some of the usual questions, like how he had found his love for ice skating and what he was expecting to get out of the season, what he thought of his fellow skaters, and so on. There were some personal questions, such as his favorite color, favorite food, anything more on him that she could get. But Yuri could see the impatience, the desire to ask for more. It's all right, he told her carefully. You can ask for more if you want. I'll let you know if I'm not comfortable answering them. 
he was surprised by how steady his voice was. This was some of the reason that he didn't want to accept an interview. Previously, it would have been the attention and the pressure to answer perfectly. Yuri Kotsky didn't like the pressure. But now it was because he knew what the interviewers were really after. There had always been the same few questions that followed him now. Why did he wear a mask? What did he look like underneath it? The same few time and time again. There were even some theories online, some wild ideas about who exactly he was. His personal favorite was that he was some sort of monarchy, perhaps not even Japanese at all, and wanted to compete but didn't want the media attention his status inevitably came with. Then there were some of the smaller ones, such as that he was a victim of a heinous fire as a child, and he used the mask to cover up the burn scars. There were a few that suggested he had no face at all. She looked a little hesitant, as if even she was unprepared to ask such personal questions, despite her job basing its foundations on it. But she gave a firm nod and asked the first. You are perhaps one of the only skaters on this level that doesn't seem interested in the media attention. Some have claimed that you use the mask to actually seek it, but then you refuse all interviews and don't want pictures for magazines or newspapers. Why is that? Yuri had to admit that he was a little surprised by the tame question. He expected her to jump straight to the issue of the mask and question that. He answered honestly. Because I don't do this for the attention. I love skating. It's a part of me that I don't think I could ever be apart from. The media attention isn't the focus of this for me. I'm lucky that I'm actually good at this sport, and that I can continue my love for it on a competition level and get paid for it. And I would continue to do it even if the media didn't know who I was, and I was just a name. What does skating mean to you? Yuri had thought about this for years. It means confidence to me. It means peace, calmness. A space where I can go when everything else is feeling like too much. If I've had a stressful day, or I'm upset, all I need to do is put on my skates and take an hour for myself to just enjoy it. It clears my head. Every time I'm on the ice, whether that's in competition or out of it, I feel like I can do anything. She nodded and wrote something down on her notepad. And concerning your mask, I'm sorry, but it's not a question I can avoid. Is it a statement? Is there something you're trying to say with it? Yuri hadn't thought of that aspect before. A statement? What sort of statement? Um, she hesitated, her eyebrows knitting together in thought. There are people who believe that you're trying to be anonymous for a statement, coming up with a persona and avoiding media attention for a meaning. They think that you're trying to express that people shouldn't be interested in the person, but rather their skating, and to build their opinions on that. Yuri felt like laughing. That sounded so much better than his own selfish reason. He shook his head. No, nothing so complex. While a statement like that could do some good, my reasons are a little more selfish. Are you willing to tell us? No, 
I'm sorry. I'm not ready to say anything so personal. Not only that, but it would completely undermine what it was that he was trying to conquer. If he went so far as to tell people that he was avoiding his own failures, then they would look out more for them, and the mask would be useless. He wasn't ready for the world to discover his mystery yet. Her face dropped a little, but she nodded and didn't press. That is something that Yuri could admire. With a smile she couldn't see, he said, But if one day I am, you would be the first one for the interview. Her eyes lit up. A dusting of pink lined her cheeks, and he could see the scenario playing through her mind. If, in years from now, when Yuri was ready to settle down, a career of mystery behind him, he would sit before her as he was now and answer all of her questions. Perhaps he would even allow a camera, the grand reveal of his face to the world. But he wasn't ready. The idea might have sparked excitement in her, but it only made the anxiety grow within him. Maybe one day, when the thought didn't make him so scared, he would. When he was ready to retire, or when he was sure of himself. But not before. It would destroy all of his hard work, years of building himself, and could cost him his love. The interview continued, but many of the questions were ones that Yuri wasn't ready to answer. It came to a close, and they shook hands before they went their separate ways. The year that Yuri was going to make his senior debut, he had to take the season off. They had been practicing, and he was being pushed as hard as he could to reach a level he thought was good enough. It took a while. His step sequence was beautiful, something he perfected early on. But despite the power his mask gave him, his jumps were still in need of work. The quads were harder than he expected them to be. He underestimated the precision needed, the speed, the rotations, the exact landing. And yet there was no better feeling than when he did land one perfectly. Not every time. Sometimes he touched the ice. But he was always quick to get back up. He tried harder and harder with each passing day to be able to say he was proud of how far he had come. One day he was going to be in the Senior Grand Prix Final. And he was going to see Victor and get the chance to speak with him. But before that, he needed to actually get there. The question of his readiness was not the thing that held him back for a season, though. As they were preparing, something went horribly wrong. His tutor was driving back. He'd been visiting family an hour away for the day, and was heading back in the early morning to make it for their full day of training. It was cold and windy. There were weather warnings. The road was slippery with surface water, even some patches of ice, black ice. Yuri waited in the ice rink, warming himself up, just as his tutor had told him over the phone to do. It wouldn't be long before he arrived, and Yuri wanted to make sure that his muscles were properly stretched and ready for a grueling day of training. He thought for a moment about what this season would mean. There would be many in the senior division that were waiting for him. There was pressure for him to perform as brilliantly as he had before. 
but this time there were so many older skaters that had years of experience. He wondered if he would pale in comparison. Perhaps this time his mask wouldn't work, and he wouldn't be able to slip into his persona of Renhimura. And yet the thought didn't worry him. It was still working now. It would work later, he assured. Yes, he would be with people who oozed confidence, who knew the competition like the back of their hands. That wouldn't see him as much of a threat. But that didn't matter, because he loved what he did. If he failed, he would only lose Ren's reputation, not Yuri's. No one knew him. His tutor was late. He was never late. Perhaps the traffic had been bad. But as the hours rolled by, Yuri became more and more worried. Yuko was there assuring him that everything was going to be all right. But he wasn't so sure. The wind was whipping outside. It looked dangerous. He tried calling the man. It went straight to voicemail. Yuko said he wouldn't pick up if he was driving. But his family was only an hour away. Why would he still be driving? Perhaps his car wouldn't start. Maybe his phone was dead. Anything could have gone wrong, Yuko said. Yuri agreed. Anything could have gone wrong. But the scenarios going through his head were darker than Yuko's. His tutor never made it to the training session. It was late in the day, just as Yuri was packing to head home with the intention to call the police or perhaps find his family number to see if he was still away, that someone found him. A policeman was standing in front of the ice castle. He asked if Yuri was the man's student, and when Yuri nodded, he saw the man's face fall. He took a while to give the news that Yuri was dreading. I'm sorry, but Seito-san was found a few hours ago. His car was buffeted by the wind, and we believe he hit a patch of black ice or surface water, and he collided with a tree. He's in critical condition in the hospital. He hesitated again, his eyes glancing away from Yuri just for a second before he turned back to the boy. Pity shining so plainly. I think you should go and see him, to say your goodbyes. He didn't listen to any more. He was watching the man's face, seeing his lips move, and on some level he knew that he was asking questions. What they were, he wasn't sure. He felt like he was calm on the outside. His knees weren't buckling. His hands were at his sides, unclenched. He wasn't crying. But on the inside, he was a wreck. His heart was hammering against his chest. He felt his throat clench around his words. And he felt sick. He wanted to scream. The man that had made him into everything he was now. The one who had accepted his strange need to wear masks. Who had accompanied him to every competition. Supported him. Helped him grow was dying. Yuri saw himself as a fragile house, built on fragile pillars. Each pillar was someone he loved, someone who helped him be who he was. They supported him, both physically and mentally, 
they were everything to him. And he wished he had enough love to show them all just how much they meant. But once one crumpled, he could feel himself fall. Yuko was beside him, giving him a tight side hug. She didn't seem too worried that he wasn't hugging back. Her face was resting in the crook of his collarbone, and he could feel her tears dampening his clothes. She was shaking. He didn't even think of it twice. He pulled out of the competitions that were coming up without an explanation. He wanted to spend time with his tutor while he could, to comfort him, and to make sure the man knew just how much he had done for Yuri. Somehow, the world found out anyway. There were articles the next day, all with the lines of how Ren Himura pulled out of the season because his coach had been in a fatal car crash. Some were overwhelmed with positive words and hoped that the man would pull through. Others were critical, with the message that Ren shouldn't have pulled out when his career was on the line. Yuri didn't read any of them. He pushed his phone away when his eyes happened to glance over the news. Instead, he switched it off and slumped in the chair. His tutor was lying on the crisp white bed before him, hooked up to every machine there was. His chest rising slowly up and down, an oxygen mask over his face. On the other side of the bed, the man's family were speaking to a doctor. Yuri watched the man's face. His tutor was sleeping. The wrinkles on his forehead were more pronounced now as he reached his sixties. But in sleep, the wrinkles around his mouth were nearly gone. His skin was pale and almost translucent in its sickness. His breathing was shallow. As much as Yuri tried to pretend that the man was all right, it was clear he wasn't. He came every day and sat before the bed for hours just to see how he was. Oftentimes his family would be there too. And every single time the man was asleep. Yuri knew he'd never see him awake again. There was a commotion outside the door. Yuri turned just in his chair to see the door open ever so slightly before someone shut it forcefully. There were raised voices outside, a stomp of a foot, click of a camera, then silence. The doctor entered the room. They're trying harder every day, she commented. Yuri felt his heart clench. It was his fault. If he hadn't been in the media attention so much, his tutor and his family could have a quiet day to see their loved one. Instead, journalists were gathering outside the hospital doors just to see a glimpse of him every day with the idea that maybe in this time of need Yuri might forget his disguise. He felt sick thinking about how selfish they could be. Some even asked the family before him if they had seen him. They denied it more out of respect for their loved one than Yuri himself. But he thanked them anyway. Some tried to disguise themselves as doctors just to get in, 
others as janitors, some as other patients. Luckily, all of their plans had been seen through before the damage to his reputation could fall. In this moment, though, the only thing that was keeping Yuri going was that one day he was going to return to competition, out of respect for this man and what he had helped build. It was the only reason why he didn't just let the media see. Every time he needed to get away, Yuri would run to the dance studio and see Minako, then dance away all of his frustrations and the excess energy he wasn't burning off skating. Minako didn't push him, didn't make any reference until one night. The worry must have become too much. Are you all right? she asked into the cool air. Yuri looked up at her before he wiped the sweat from his brow. Yeah, I'm fine. She didn't look convinced. Have you spoken to anyone about it? I don't need to. Minako narrowed her eyes. Mari told me she hears you crying in your room sometimes, you know. You're avoiding your family. You're not eating properly. Yuri sighed. Of course his family had noticed. He tried to give them the smile he knew they knew was fake, but he couldn't stop it when they looked at him with such concern. He wanted to assure them that he was going to be fine. Because he knew he was going to be. It would just take time. And right now it hurt too much to talk about. He wanted to avoid it until it was overwhelming him. He didn't know how else to deal with it. I need to be on a diet anyway. That's not dealing, Yuri. That's reckless. You need to eat. You're going to run yourself into the ground if you're not careful. I am being careful. No, you're not! The force in her voice had Yuri reeling. He flinched backwards, pressing himself up against the wall and looking at Minako with wide, startled eyes. He'd seen Minako angry before, and he'd seen her being quite bossy. She was a brilliant dancer, and the dedication and discipline it took to get there was prominent inside of her. But he'd never seen her like this before, filled with rage, as if a storm was finally being released. I've seen you scared before, Yuri, she said, a little calmer this time after his reaction. I've seen you panic. I've seen you cry and worry and retreat into yourself. But that's always been when you're worried about yourself. This is the first major loss you're going through, and you don't know how to deal with it, so you're avoiding everything about it outside of actually visiting him. And you're not taking care of yourself in the process. You don't know how to handle the emotions inside of you right now. And that's why you need to talk about it before it damages you too much. Yuri wanted to say something. To fight back and argue that he was fine. But the lies were hardly coming out. He wanted to assure everyone that he was fine. He didn't want anyone to worry. Because the guilt would be too much. He didn't want to have that attention. There must have been something in his face, because Minico engulfed him in a tight hug and smoothed his hair. For the first time, he felt himself let go, and cried into Minico's shoulder. He was racked with sobs, his body shaking and he almost fell to the floor, if it hadn't been for her holding him. He'd known sadness before. He'd cried before. He'd been scared before. But it never felt like this.
For the first time, he was scared for someone else. He was worried he would never get to talk to him again. Never get to hear his voice. To see him move. See his eyes. Practice with him. Show him the moves he learned. He'd never see him beside the rink in competitions. Never wait at the kiss and cry with him to wait for the results. He'd never be able to show him how he'd perfected some jumps. The pride he had when he got better. He wouldn't be able to show him anything. By the time he stopped crying, he had a headache and wanted to sleep for a week. He thanked Minako for a shoulder to cry on, and she reluctantly let him go home. He assured her he would be fine, and this time he sounded more genuine. He always felt just a little better after crying. It was like he was finally releasing the emotions that had bottled themselves up. He took off his shoes when he got through the door of his home. His mother was waiting, called forth by the sound of the door opening, and she gave him a small, understanding smile. We've just sat down for dinner, Yuri. Would you like to join us? He wanted to say no at first. It had become a habit, too. But he saw the hopeful sheen in her eyes, and his stomach rumbled at the mention of food. Yes, I would like that, he muttered, and couldn't help his own smile when his mother beamed at him. The other pillars in his life were still standing, Yuri thought. He would be fine. He'd just have to wait. Six months later, it was time to make a choice. The family, Yuri and Yuko, stood around the bed as the doctor said something. No one was listening. The air was heavy with tension. Someone was already crying. As the doctor turned to switch, they watched as the man on the bed stopped breathing. For a long time, Yuri wondered what he should do. No coach, no tutor, no one but himself. He wondered if he should pull from skating altogether. He'd lost some of his love for it. A burning reminder, bittersweet of what was gone. He curled on his bed, holding Vic-Chan tightly to him. The curtains were closed. The lights inside were off, and the darkness loomed around him. The media were still hounding him. News broke out of the death, and the response was a mix. A few were sending condolences to the young skater, while others were only questioning his return. With each word he read, he became more and more angry that this was all they cared about. How could they not feel sad about someone who had tragically lost their life in just a second's loss of control? How could they not see beyond competitive skating? How could they not think of his family and what they must have been going through? A knock on his door interrupted his thoughts. Yuri, someone's here to see you. He lifted his head from where he had been smothered by Vic Chen's fur. Who is it, Mari? Don't know. Says he's here to see you about coaching? Yuri shot up. He couldn't help but feel intrigued. 
there had been a few times where his tutor wanted to talk about his coaching. Yuri could almost hear his voice in his ear now. He was getting old, he had said, and he wasn't sure how much longer he could follow Yuri around from country to country, or still be able to help him train. He certainly couldn't stay with him through his entire career. Just before the accident, he told Yuri he was coming up with a plan B of sorts, finding a close friend of his to coach Yuri. Nothing had been set in stone or agreed upon, and so Yuri'd forgotten. Coming, he called. He tidied himself up a little by putting on some proper clothes other than his pajamas, and then stepped out from his dark room. Mari stood on the other side of the door, a gentle smile around the cigarette near her mouth. What does he look like? Yuri asked. Big man, dresses well, strong features, one hell of a gin, she chuckled. Yuri couldn't help but smile at the comment. The description didn't ring any bells. And what about coaching? What did he say? She shrugged. Not much. I don't pretend to know what they're talking about half the time. But he said he knew your tutor. Was a good friend. Yuri nodded. Right. They reached the guest dining room. This time of year it was quite empty, and in the vast space a lone figure sat at one of the low tables. He was wearing a purple suit, and his long dark brown hair was pulled up into a tight tail at the back of his head. As he turned, Yuri's eyes fell onto his chin. Mari's comment rang endlessly in his mind. The man stood and offered a hand. Hello, Yuri. I am sorry for your loss. Yuri took it and shook, switching to English immediately. You as well. I heard you were good friends. He sat opposite the man and found he was not quite able to meet his eye. We were. How have you been dealing with it? He shrugged. As well as I can. Eager to avoid the subject, Yuri asked, What can I do for you, mister? Just call me Celestino, the man said. We often spoke about you. Yuri's glance shot up, connecting immediately with the man. A shiver ran up his spine at the implication. He didn't know what to ask first. The questions forming in his mind, but not quite making their way through his mouth. He could only ask, Does that mean... Celestino was careful with his wording, sensing the fear radiating off the young man before him. Yes, I know who you are, but don't worry, he rushed to say. I won't tell anyone. He told me in good faith, with the hopes that once he retired, I would be able to take you in and coach you, and in order to do that, I would need to know who you were. We often spoke about you. Yuri twitched, fiddling with his fingers under the table. And what did he say? Not much else. He said that if I wanted to know more, to ask you in person. The fear calmed a little in Yuri. Oh, was all he said. But I won't ask you anything if you're not comfortable with it. I'm sorry, Yuri muttered. Celestino gave him a wide smile, and Yuri found it incredibly reassuring. There was something so warm about the man. Something that he could already trust. You don't need to apologize. I promise, Judo. Regardless of what you choose, I won't let anyone know. Thank you. I... That's all I ask. Take your time deciding. You don't have to come back until you're ready. Even if that's a long time from now. Yuri found himself giving a big smile. Something genuine. 
and he suddenly felt like the pressure was finally easing off. He found he already liked this man, and on some level, he knew he already had his answer. But not yet. He wasn't ready just yet. It wasn't until he was 19 that he decided it was time to return. He was ready. His love for the sport returning tenfold, and an eagerness to finally make his senior debut. With Celestino by his side, he made the announcement. And the world exploded. The media, which had been dormant on his activities for quite some time, erupted into article upon article. Interviews with other skaters, pictures of him, or rather Ren, circulating every social media. Thousands and thousands of reports. His name in the news. Videos of his past achievements linked all over the place. For a long time, it seemed to be the only thing the world was talking about. He had been famous for the mask before, but now it seemed to have escalated into something of a legend. It was as if his absence had only helped to strengthen the mystery. Everyone was anticipating his return. Yuri trained hard in Detroit with Celestino, having moved there on his 19th birthday to start his training and to prepare for the upcoming season. He tried harder than he had before, because now he had something to prove. He had someone besides himself to make proud of his performance. In his time there, and under the watchful eye of his new coach, he blossomed into a force to be reckoned with. He couldn't wait for his first performance. He couldn't wait to wow the world with what he had become. Let them all see just what he'd been doing, he thought. Let them see what my late tutor made, what he started, his legacy. He wanted to show the world that the memory of the man would live on forever. It would be his first season back since the man's death. And he wanted to dedicate everything he could to it. Somewhere, his tutor's family would be watching. He wanted to make them proud of what their loved one did. They had devoted so many hours into something that they both saw as worthy of their lives' ambitions. He wanted them to see how amazing their loved one was. It wasn't just about him anymore. Well, that's it for this episode. This has been Chapter 3 of November's Secret. Written by Lana Berry. Narrated by Serd. Theme music Spirited Away by Guillaume. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to read this fic for yourself, please check out the story link in the description below. Till next time, happy listening. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? 
That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 